Alexander wept when he heard Anarchicus' discourse about an infinite number of worlds. And when his friends inquired what ailed him, is it not worthy of tears, he said, that when the number of worlds is infinite, we have not yet become lords of a single one. And that, I suppose, is the great aspiration of uh, humanity, or at least it has been since something like, uh, well, what was Alexander the Great? time what is that like 300 bc something like that um and uh, you probably some of you have probably heard variations of that quote um because you know like a lot of a lot of quotes things get uh, uh kind of paraphrased and adapted over the years and pretty soon nobody's sure who exactly said what but in this case uh that that specifically was from an essay written by Plutarch uh, sometime, I guess, in the first century. And uh, Plutarch was a philosopher, writer uh, in, the, in, in the Platonist school, if I'm not mistaken. And uh, he wrote that in an essay. Uh, it's not, that part's not really important. But, uh, but what is important is uh, that Alexander, he wanted, he wanted to at least be the master of, of a world. If there are a lot of worlds out there, I want to at least, I want to own one of them at least, at least one. And uh, ironically, uh, this came to mind when, uh, I w so I've been thinking about something lately. And, uh, and so I guess, I guess once I explain what I've been thinking about, then you'll, you'll understand how the, how the Alexander reference uh, comes into it. Um, and, so this is, uh, well, this episode is probably going to get me uh, X'd off at least a couple of uh, Christmas card lists. I'll be X'd off the Xmas lists, but, uh, but I just, I can't, I keep thinking, hmm, every time I see a headline, uh, every time I see a headline, like for example, this morning, this very morn. I saw an, a headline. I, I saw an headline. Uh, let's see. What was it? Let's see. This is this one's great. Uh, where was this? Uh, this is in something called Grist. I don't know. You know, you read like these aggregators and sometimes you find out about the news sources that you never knew about. Probably would be fine without. But anyway, this particular article in Grist written by Max Graham... Uh, so the headline is, what would happen if the world cut meat and milk consumption in half? So right away we know that, uh, you know, this one is about saving the planet because this habit that we have developed uh, of using animals to feed the world, uh, you know, it's a problem because they have... Yeah, they have an emissions situation, I guess. And, uh, you know, it's 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 impacting the the climate and so we have to do something about it and so you read this article uh and basically they make a case for you know if we just cut you know with the population growth you know we're, we're up to eight billion people now and if we just cut our meat and milk consumption in half now i know if you're if you're like me um and probably a lot of other people here in texas if you, if, you, if you tell me I'm going to cut my meat consumption in half, the first thing that comes to my head is, well, what in the hell am I going to eat then? 
Because basically, you're asking me to cut my meals in half, which I'm not very excited about. Uh, and of course, I know not everybody is like me, uh, where you can just polish off a 24-ounce ribeye without blinking. Uh, some people are like, you know, I just have a little bit of chicken breast over here on the side, and, and I'm happy. But the point is, asking the world to cut meat and dairy consumption in half is going to be very disruptive. Because, uh, sure, you could say, for somebody like me, you could say, well, it's a luxury. I could probably stand to skip a couple of meals. Not a big deal. But, uh, but for a lot of people in the world, they depend on meat and dairy uh, and, you know, and other things, right? Everybody's got their favorite rice and beans dish wherever you go in the world. But, but they depend on these things just because they want to eat at all. And so it's... To me, it's a little bit flippant to say, hey, here's a great idea. Let's all just cut our meat consumption in half. Let's all just cut our dairy consumption in half. I mean, that's a big sacrifice that you're asking the world to make. Much like asking the world to just stop using the primary source of power and energy uh, that's readily available and affordable uh, and we're just going to stop using that. We're going to start using these other things. Well, okay, sure. But you're asking me to sacrifice something because it's not a one for one swap. And, um, much like I'm not really excited about like the fake meat that you want me to eat instead, which by the way, I thought processed foods were supposed to be bad for us. I mean, I was, I'm pretty sure that I'm pretty sure the science was settled on that one, but anyway, that's a subject for, Another show, not 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 another episode, but a whole another show. Um, uh, so yeah, and I'm not excited about that, and I'm also not excited about. Uh, hey, why don't you um, use this, uh, you know, uh, this other form of energy that's not as reliable and not as affordable, and it's hard for us to get it everywhere. But we are saving the planet, except we're not really saving the planet, are we? I mean, the planet is not really going anywhere. I mean, barring any sort of Dr. Strangelove scenario, the planet's going to be here. What we're really trying to do is preserve human civilization for some, you know, some distance into the future. And, uh, and, that's, and that's the bit that's got me thinking. So we'll call this a thought experiment. I noticed, I, I noticed some of the cool kids in... In uh, the media these days, they, they use the word thought experiment. Um, because I, I got to thinking about this, uh, this preservation of human civilization, and we're so obsessed with it. We're obsessed with it. We're, uh, because, because we're asking, because no sacrifice is too, is too much to ask if we're going to, uh, you know, to try to head off a climate situation. And the reason why we're upset about this climate thing is because of, it's going to make it hard for people to live. Um, no, nobody's really said it. it nobody has really said it. I don't think there's not a scenario of, uh, you know, it's the end of civilization as we know it. It's not like a comet the size of Texas, Mr. President hits the earth and just wipes everything out. But it does make it very uncomfortable for people and it's going to cause mass migrations and I don't know maybe maybe the you know re reduction in population which apparently is what some people want anyway so figure that one out but um 
uh, so, some of the same some of the same people that are arguing for uh, for uh, averting a climate disaster are also the ones saying that there's too many people on the earth and we ought to do something about it. So I I feel like they're, they're arguing both sides of the coin there. But anyway. Um, this is what we're trying to do. We want to we want to alter the course of this climate change, um, and uh, because it's going to be bad for people, it's going to make make it hard for people to live. Um, and you know, I started thinking it hasn't been that long. In the if you think about the whole arc of human um, existence. And uh, it hasn't been that long that we've even had the kind of the the faculties or even the, the, the interest in considering the future of human civilization. You know, this whole notion of, of even even worrying about that or thinking about that. And, I, and, you know, I'm not talking about like preserving the future of my kingdom or my empire or my family, you know, uh, I'm talking about humans being concerned with the future of human civilization is kind of a new, it's kind of a new condition. In fact, I think it's probably really new. I think it's, um, I think it's like one or two generations, maybe, maybe two, maybe two or three generations. Um, because if you think about the, the, the full spectrum, the full arc of human existence, you know, you're talking about, all right, let's, let's say we start it with, let's say we start it with modern, you know, modern humans, homo sapiens, um, which, uh, you know, let's start that something like 200 to 300,000 years ago. Um, and I know the stone age, you know, that started, I don't know, 3 million years ago, whatever, but let's just, let's just start with, you know, the modern humans that we are and the period of time when we began, you know, we had like things like clothing and, and, uh, and, and artwork or whatever, you know, cave drawings and everything. Anyway, two or 300,000 years ago. And th for those of you that come from a particular like religious perspective, I know that you, you have a different notion of that, but just, let's just, just for the story, let's just stick with this. Now, uh, um, for 200, you know, thousand years, what I had 200 plus thousand years, we are all hunter gatherers until, uh, until somewhere around 10,000 BC, this thing called the Neolithic revolution, which, uh, is basically the beginning of, uh, the beginnings of agriculture and domestication of animals and the beginnings of settlements, right. And getting in and like living in what ultimately becomes villages and towns and things like that. Um, uh, it, it was about a thousand years of developing. So from, so for 200,000 years, right. Uh, uh, you know, basically the vast majority, cause, cause, cause the, cause well, Neo Neolithic started the, the, the agricultural revolution started the first one started, let's say 10,000 BC. So that's 12,000 years ago. So out of 250, 300,000 years, all but 12,000 of that, it was a pretty simple existence of humans, hunter gatherers, and a language comes into play somewhere along the line. I'm not an expert at this. I'm not a anthropologist, but, um, it's kind of an interesting topic though. So 
the vast majority of of 250,000 years, that's what happens. And then all of a sudden in this fairly short, you know, this most recent window of 10 or 12,000 years, we begin to, you know, grow shit on purpose. And we're like figuring out how to, you know, herd animals. And basically what we figured out was how to, how to produce and store up surplus food. I mean, that was a big deal, right? As opposed to just hunter, hunting and gathering, hunting, hunting and gathering uh, what you want to eat today. Uh, we did that and we started settlements, you know, in that sort of between 10,000 and 9,000 BC period. Um, and that led to, that leads ultimately to like, you know, political, polit political structures and, and, you know, uh, writing and, uh, you know, various like specialized, like division of labor, like, you know, who's, who makes the, the, who makes the digging instruments and who, you know, whatever, all those things. Um, even property ownership, the, the kind of the concept of property ownership comes into play there. Uh, so, uh, fairly recent, uh, but yet, fairly recent, but yet, 10, 12,000 years ago. Now, um, that gets us into, eventually gets us into the Bronze Age, which was something like, I don't know, 3000 BC, something like that through 3000 BC to like uh, 1200 BC, Bronze Age. We start making things, you know, making various implements out of basically anything that you could melt and then it would harden again. And, uh, you know, bronze, copper, um, you know, making tools uh, and, and uh, doing away with all the stone instru instruments. Uh, I don't think, not a lot of change in society. I don't know, probably just continued development of those things that we talked about, right? Like the, uh, um, uh, like, like, like the settlements and the, the governing and kind of who's in charge and all that. So, so society is evolving during this time from 3000 to 1200 BC. That's another 2000 years. Um, and we're, and, you know, presumably people are living, you know, humans are living, you know, reasonably simple, happy lives. Um, and not that every day was, was, was a happy day, but you, you get my, you get my point, right? Then eventually we get to the iron age somewhere around, you know, the bronze age ends 1200 BC. We start making, we start making things out of steel, iron and steel. We learn about, uh, you know, hammering things into place rather than melting them. But also we learn about weapons, a lot more about making weapons. And now all of a sudden, somewhere around 1200 BC, we have what I think is really the first recorded war, right? The Trojan War uh, between the Greeks and those, uh, those people at Troy. And, um, and in fact, if you, at this point, I'm going to take a little pause. And the reason why I'm, I'm playing all this out, I'm trying to give you a sense of the scope of human existence from, you know, more or less the beginning of modern humanity. And, and so far we've traveled, you know, we, we, we traveled like 200 plus thousand years kind of in one step because like there wasn't, like there wasn't a lot of shit that happened during that time. We just hunted and we gathered and we ate and made more humans. And that was basically it. And then all of a sudden, you know, we start developing. But even that start developing part is still, you know, we start getting, not developing, we start getting more sophisticated. But even that is still 
something like 5,000 years ago up until, you know, kind of moving forward. Long time. And, um, and, and then we start, we figure out how, that we can go to war with each other. So our society now has become uh, sophisticated enough, complex enough that we can begin to have disagreements between, you know, bodies of people that then want to go to war. And that's happening 1200 BC, which is, you know, 3,000 years ago. And also what happened during that time from, I don't know, from something like seven or 800 BC to a few hundred years AD, you got, you got what they call the classical period of antiquity, which uh, very Indiana Jones sounding, uh, that's around the Mediterranean. Then meanwhile, somewhere around like the 400s up through like, you know, through 14, 1500, you got the Middle Ages in Europe. So think about, you know, that's a thousand years right there of, of, of countries and, and, and the development of of, of uh, you know, kind of civilization and society, and and um, uh, not not much. There wasn't much technological advancement during that time. Everything was more or less the way it always was. It was more like development of the complexity of of uh, of how civilization is kind of all wired together with different countries and whatnot, um, and the different governments and the and the you know all the different objectives. Uh, you get to the Renaissance, 1500s, 1600s, uh, you know, that wasn't, again, not so much technological advancement, but sort of a new way of seeing the world, you know, art and beauty becomes important. And so we've got that play. Meanwhile, we're still getting better at making war, but, but, and this is not an anti-war. <laughs> This is not a. This is not a. Uh, this is not an anti-war episode. I'm just. I'm just trying to show everything in in context. And uh, we get to the industrial Re- industrial revolution. What's that like? Mid 1700s, up into the early 1800s, which is just 200 years ago. The industrial revolution, where uh, now you got some real technological advancement. We got machines that do all kinds of things. Um, eventually, we start harnessing electricity in the mid late 1700s. Um, and, uh, you know, beginning with street lamps and then factories. And then ultimately, you know, in the early 1900s, we start getting electricity into people's houses. Um, and, and then I guess, you know, for the last, and then the, the, the hundred years that follows that we've talked about many times on the show, cause we talk about the introduction of abundant, affordable, uh, power and energy because of the oil and gas industry and and what that has driven in terms of technology and all the different capabilities that uh, that humanity has today uh, and we've we've done episodes before where we talked about you know it kind of like things didn't change that much for a long 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 time and then all of a sudden everything changed a lot in the last hundred years so that's like the whole scope and the arc of human existence and 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 you can look at it too in terms of like population because if you go back you know 5 to if you go back to like 5000 BC so halfway through that you know halfway back into that uh that early that early period, uh, you know, that maybe there was like 5 million people in the world. And then you get to like the Greek empire, five, 600 BC, uh, you know, Milan and Pompeii, uh, um, and you got 200 million people. And then you get to the, like the Renaissance and you've got maybe 450, 500 million people, half a billion people. And then somewhere in the kind of right around the 1800s, 
a little bit after 1800, we hit our first billion people in the world. And then somewhere around 1927, which is early, you know, kind of the, not the early, early days of oil and gas, but, the, you know, when it was kind of like fully commercialized, when, when we first started realizing, you know, somewhere in the 20s, when we were like, wow, this oil and gas thing, this could power the world. Um, we had about 2 billion people compared to the 8 billion that we have today. So think about that now. We, we are, are the, the engineering, the ingenuity of the oil and gas world hasn't just been, you know, we always say we've been, we've been powering the world for 100 years. But what we've done is been able to scale it at a rate of basically from 2 billion people to 8 billion people. Uh, 4x number of people we've been able to scale are the way we supply power to the world over the last 100 years. Um, and so uh, that that's the kind of the, the perspective right now. Here's let me try to let me try to pull all this together for you and so you can understand where I'm coming from and what, why I the, um, the, the quote about uh, Alexander the Great, and how he wanted to just at least he just wanted he wanted to at least be the lord of one world and i think that we um we, we, <laughs> we're still trying to do that and uh or or maybe i shouldn't say we're still trying to do that there's a like new way that we're trying to do that because now because when Alexander the Great said he wanted to be the lord of at least one world and and his friend said there might be infinite worlds interesting by the way I, I think that you know you know something like 500 BC they were contemplating you know infinite worlds no, topic for another day but um it wasn't the it wasn't the world that he wanted to be the lord of it was it was people the the civilization the society and um, and that was his, that was kind of his main priority. And it's our, and, and for some reason we're obsessed with it again. Um, I think that, um, well, let me, let me look at it this way. When did we start thinking now, Alexander the Great, he wanted to rule the existing world. The difference is today we're, we're preoccupied with the future of humanity, um, Again, not like the future of just somebody's kingdom or somebody's... I Trust me, people are trying to preserve those as well. But this whole climate thing and this whole uh, pressing... You know, every time we turn around, they're asking us to make a sacrifice of something that will impact our quality of life and impact basically the progress, you know, or hinder the progress of society uh, because it's all in the name of, of the most important thing which is uh, the, the climate. Uh, that's because we want to preserve human, like, like nothing else is more important than that. Um, and, and so what I'm questioning is, is that the right priority? Um, and I'm not sure because um, what, what is more important? Uh, is it more important that we have, that we extend human civilization for as long as we can uh and keep in mind uh there's always things that could end it that could end humanity i mean you know the asteroid you know it's it's the size of texas mr president it could hit 
you know, an asteroid could hit the world and, and ends all this. And then, and then all these sacrifices we made of like not eating meat and, and uh, not owning a car and not having electricity in my house all the time, like whatever the sacrifices are is all like, like for shit because something else just ended our existence. So what's more important? Is it more important that we continue uh, to live in the way that, um, you know, makes people, uh, and I have to be careful here because, because somebody's going to jump in and say, well, that's what we're trying to preserve because if the climate, like if the climate goes to shit, then people aren't going to be able to live happy anymore because it's going to be too hot and people are going to die and there's going to be poverty and there's going to be starvation and da, 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 da. But I guess my point is, is when you look at the whole arc of human history, as we just laid it out, would it be, is it such a bad story? Is it such a bad story to say, and this is the part where you're going to take me off your Christmas card list. Is it a bad story to say that over the course of 300,000 years, humans on the earth lived, um, uh, they followed this, this very long kind of tra trajectory of most of that time was, you know, very simple hunter-gatherer life. And then we began to uh, learn things and develop. And you kind of follow that whole arc uh, of, of uh, we got better at wars and things too. So that's not so great, but... But we got to where we have this technology and we, you know, we have, we have incredible sources of energy and we have technology and we were able to sort of like, what if the, the, net, the last, what if from the beginning of abundant power, abundant energy, let's call it early 1900s, what if some 200 year period following that, right? So you say it like 2100, whatever, maybe it's less. What if that's like the last big flourish of modern civilization and then something happens and things change and maybe there's some sort of a uh, setback maybe there's some sort of a I, I don't want to use the word reset because that means something different these days but maybe um at that point you know, the, there's a new trajectory that begins and I'm not, I'm not trying to gloss over the fact that that particular juncture might be very unpleasant for a lot of humans. Um, I'm just saying that in the, in the vat and the total story of humanity, would that be a bad story? Because, you know, there's a lot of things that we're not, that aren't great about the way we've developed right i mean we have we have global international power struggles we have people that want to control different parts of the world or the whole world i mean we got a lot of complexity now in the world between the the, the size of the population and and all the different uh, forces there's a lot of complexity that makes it like not great uh, you can't say that our current our current, uh, it, you know, form of human civilization is, I mean, there's a lot of great things about it, but it's, it's just, you know, there's a lot of things that aren't great about it. So the question is wh why, and, and don't, don't take this the wrong way. I'm just saying, why are we so, when, how did we all of a sudden become so preoccupied with preserving this form of civilization that we have that nothing else is as important as that? 
everything else, it doesn't matter what we have to sacrifice. It doesn't matter what we have to disrupt or change or tear down or what have you. The most important thing in the mind of, of kind of in our collective consciousness these days is that we preserve the environmental conditions that, uh, that, we, have, that we have had so that humans can continue to live in the way that we have, be that good, bad, or indifferent, depending on who you are and where you are. So that's our, that's our, our topmost priority, and everything else is subservient to that. And I would argue that it's a recent phenomenon for humans to think that way. It's, it's a recent development that we, uh, as a society, are even, even thinking about much less preoccupied and obsessed with ensuring that the future does not hold any uh, or, or doesn't pose any sort of existential threat to the future us, uh, even though the future always has the risk of some sort of existential threats uh, to the future us. But, but that's our, that has become our, our foremost priority. And I would propose that this is a fairly recent development in fact, a, a very recent development in the way that people, that humans think. Uh, and, and in fact, if you look back over any of these periods that, that I mentioned earlier, I don't think you're going to find people, um, you know, even, even considering much less being preoccupied with, uh, you know, something that could alter the future course of human existence. Uh, most of the time they're, they're just focused on living. Uh, if you're if you're a regular person, you're focused on on you know living the best life that you can with what you have and what you have access to. And if you're a person of power, then maybe you're you're focused on whatever your objectives of power are. But I don't think you find anybody thinking about we've got you know saying we've got to do something to head off some sort of future threat to humanity. And and I'm curious. As humans, why now have we become uh, focused on this? Why are we thinking about this? This this preserving, uh, doing something today uh, to preserve life for the people of tomorrow. It's a new thing in our thinking. I'm curious. I don't have any real theories on this, uh, but I'm. But if anybody does, if you do, if you if you have an idea about why. Uh, when you consider the entire course of human history, have we suddenly become a people who worries about preserving the world for the people of tomorrow? I would love to hear your theories on that. Michael at OGGN.com. Send me an email. Tell me what you think. Uh, but in the meantime, uh, I, I'm just left with this notion that says, rather than trying to engineer a future that is otherwise uncertain no matter what we do, what if we just did like everyone else has done that came before us for the last 200,000 years? What if we just did what they did, which is continue to try to live the best life that we can with what we have at any given time? Does that make us irresponsible or does that just make us human? <laughs>